0: are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The reason God made us in the first place was to fellowship with us. What the human race is really all about is that God wanted a people with a will to choose to fellowship with himself. That's really what creation is all about. If a person never fellowships with his creator, then he missed the entire purpose of life completely. Do you know why God gave his son to die on the cross for us? He gave his Son to die for us because he loved us. But way, way beyond that, or before that, God gave his Son to die for us because God wanted us for his Son. The purpose of all of redemption is, first and foremost, a way for God to get us back to himself. God wants us. God loves us. God wants us to walk with him fellowship with him, to love him. And far beyond God's desire to let us live forever for our sakes, God wants us to be with him for the sake of his dear son. It is said of two men in the Bible that they walked with God. Two men. Both of them are men who lived before the flood. It is said of Enoch, Enoch walked with God. It is said of Noah that Noah also walked with God. Both of these men were saved from the flood. Noah, through the flood, a type of the Jews who will be spared through the tribulation period. Enoch was lifted out of the world before the flood, a type of the Gentile bride of Christ, lifted out at the rapture, and spared out of the tribulation period. It is said of these two men that they walked with God. Across the country where I preach, and uh, I preach somewhere, as you know, every week, usually in another state, almost always in another state, but across the country, we have question and answer sessions. In fact, last week in In Wisconsin, I was asked this question up at your college, fellas. Dr. Hiles, what would you advise a young preacher, or a young, yes, a young preacher, if you could only advise him one thing? And that question is asked me more than all the other questions put together by young preachers. And the answer is always the same. Very quickly, I answer it this way. Walk with God. Walk with God. Every week of my life, I walk up this aisle to this pulpit and kneel right behind this pulpit in an empty room here in this auditorium. And I pray, among other prayers, I pray this prayer. Dear God, let my people hear a man Sunday who's walked with God Monday through Saturday. You have a right to hear a man who's walk with God. Now, I've said this before. I, don't, I, am, I, I make no pretense at being a good Christian. I make no claims to have apprehended. But there's one thing, honestly and truthfully, I can say. I do know God. I don't mean I've, I've been saved. I have been saved. But I know God. I know God. Paul said that I may know him. Now, Paul was already saved. But he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I may know him. Ladies and gentlemen, all the church work that you can do will never take the place of your walking with God. Sing in the choir, beautiful numbers, sing specials, that'll never take the place of your walk with God. Be a deacon go All the meetings, help draw up the budget, and guide the affairs of this church, but that will never take the place of your personal walk with God. Be in the school, teach courses in the college, be on the faculty of the grade schools, high school, that will never take the place of your walk with God. God did not redeem you primarily so you could teach school, or primarily so you could preach, or primarily, so you can be in the choir. First and foremost is God wants you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and me to walk with Him. That's what it's all about. Young people, you're supposed to walk with God. Deacons, you're supposed to walk with God. Choir, you're supposed to walk with God. Enoch, walk with God. Noah, walk with God. Now I want you to notice several things about the walk. In the first place, I want you to notice the beginning of the walk. The beginning of the walk that Enoch took with God. The Bible says Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. Who was Methuselah? He was the son of Enoch. Methuselah, who lived longer than anybody has ever lived in the history of the world. Methuselah was the son of Enoch. God came into the home of Enoch, and he placed a little boy. And no doubt something like this happened. Enoch held that little boy in his arms. He named him Methuselah. The word Methuselah means, when he is dead, it shall be sent. What does that mean? God would not send the flood until Methuselah had died. When he is dead, it shall be sent. And God held off the flood. For one young man, one man, I say young man, good night, 960 some odd years of age. One young man, God held off the flood because of Methuselah. But no doubt Enoch looked at that little boy God had placed in his arms, placed in his home. And Enoch said, it's time I walk with God. I have a responsibility. I have a baby. I have a son. He's going to look at me. He's going to emulate me. He's going to copy me. Well, I can recall as a kid, my dad was a big fella. Bob, Bob Keyes remembers my dad. My dad's a big fella. And uh, he had a big bay window. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say it. it. We called it a beer belly. That's what it was. A big bay window. And dad wore his riches way down like that, is the way he wore his riches. And dad would walk like this when he walked, like this, with his feet sticking out like that. And dad walked down the street. Like that. When I was two years old, I walked like that. And I can recall trying to jump right in where dad's footprint was. Like that. And why? He was my dad. He was my dad. And Enoch looked at, Enoch looked at little, little Methuselah. And he said, he's going to walk in my footsteps. What I am, he'll likely be. What I say, he'll likely say. My habits will likely be his habits. The kind of life I live is probably the kind of life he's going to live. I think I'd better walk with God. Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. Hey, maybe you better walk with God if God has given you a son. Hey, maybe you better walk with God if God has made you a mom or a dad. Little leopards have stripes because mama and papa leopards have spite. stripes. Every old crow, a little crow is black because the mama crow is black. And what you sing, your kids will sing. And what you uh, you you curse, your kids will curse. And you drink, your kids will probably drink. You smoke, your kids will probably smoke. And you don't go to church, your kids probably won't go to church. But if you live for God, your kids will probably live for God. And if you read your Bible, your children will probably read their Bibles. And if you walk with God, your children will probably walk with God. And so Enoch said, I've got a a, a gift from God. I've got a boy. I'm going to walk with God in God's name. If you're a mom or dad, walk with God. That's one reason you ought to walk with God. Somebody's looking at you. Somebody hears you. You you men, think it's smart to curse at home. God pity your wicked mouth. God pity that kind of, of language when you've got a boy or a girl hearing what you say. Little eyes are on you. Little ears are listening to you. Little eyes watch what you do. Little feet follow your feet. And so Enoch looked at that little bundle of flesh and he said, I'm going to walk with God. That's how he began to walk. Now let's notice the walk itself. What does it mean to walk with God? How can a person walk with God? In the first place, you've got to go forward to walk with God. Uh, it didn't say Enoch stood with God. It says Enoch walked with God. It didn't say Enoch took his stand for God. It says Enoch walked with God. Now, walking implies going somewhere. Walking implies growing. If you are not growing in grace, you're not walking with God. If you're not a better Christian today than you were last year, you're not walking with God. If you're not going forward, you're not walking with God. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on... Higher ground! God needs people to go forward with Him! I want to give more to God this year than I gave last year. I want to win more people to Christ this year than last year. I want to serve God more this year than last year. I want to do more for others this year than last year. I want to set out for God more this year than last year. I want God to have more of me this year than He had last year. I mean just keep on going and keep on growing and keep on going higher and keep on doing more for God. You can't walk with God unless you're walking. Moving forward, let me ask you a question. Are you any less a Christian tonight than you ever were on your best day? Are you any less than you were at the best moment or hour of your life? Then you're backslidden. Backsliding is sliding back. You might be the best Christian in this room tonight, but be a backslider. You may be the best person in this room, but if you're less than what you once were, you've slidden back. You're a backslider. You're not walking with God. You're not walking with God unless you're growing in grace. You've got to go forward to walk. But the next thing I want you to notice in walking with God is this. You must include God in everything if you walk with God. Did you know the word in you? You college professors will know this. You Greek students will know this. You Moody students that take Greek. Hiles Anderson student. Anybody who knows Greek knows this. The word walk in the Bible is the word in the Greek peripateo. Uh, P-E-R-I-P-A-T-E-O is about the way we pronounce it. It comes from the word perimeter. It means the whole round. The whole round. Walk with God means the whole round is with God. The whole round is for God. The entire life is given to God. So if you walk with God, you peripeteo. That means uh, God is in every part of your life. The entire life circle belongs to God. And that means that if you're going to walk with God, you must include God in everything that you do. Have no secrets between you and God. Keep nothing from God. Invite Him into every room of your house. Let God into every crevice, every spot, let God in your, in your, uh, business. Let God in your personal life. Let God in your, uh, play. Let God in your school. Let God in your, uh, living room. Let God in your dining room. Let God in your kitchen. Let God in your bedroom. Let God in every room. I was out here in, in, uh, oh, in Hessville visiting one day. And I went up to the door of the house, and all the doors were open. It was summertime; all the doors were open. You never saw such a messy house in your life. I'll tell you, papers were everywhere. And uh, bed—I looked through in the bedroom, and the bed was unmade, and the cover was on the floor. And uh, I looked in the kitchen, and uh, dishes hadn't been washed. I'm sure since Japheth got off the ark. I'm sure. And uh, dishes—I didn't—I never knew anybody could have so many dishes, and all of them are dirty. And the lady was saying to a little child, you little brat, you uh, ought to ring your neck. And I rang the doorbell. And uh, suddenly she looked, and, and the child said, Mom, it's the God-man. And uh, so I, <laughs> I'm the God-man. And uh, so the little child said, and the mother, she, she said, go to the devil's room. Get all the junk out of the living room. And they threw it, they threw junk in the bedroom and the kitchen and there was no room much for any more junk in either room, I'll tell you for sure. And the mother said, you little brat, if you squeal one thing bad, if you're not a courteous little thing, uh, for the preacher, I'll wring your neck. Hello, Pastor Gwai, Come in. It's so good to see you. Liar. It's so good to see you. Come on in. She shut the door to the kitchen. She shut the door to the bedroom. And she said, and the living room was pretty nice within." And she said uh, it's so, glad. it's so good to see you. And I said, you have a lovely home. Could I see through it? Oh, she said, y- you've, seen, you've seen it all when you've seen the living room. But well, I said, I'd just like to see the bedrooms and see how big they are. Oh, she said, you wouldn't be interested. Oh, I said, yes, I would, too. <laughs> I said, what kind of kitchen do you have? She said, oh, you wouldn't want to see the kitchen. I said, I'd just like to see the kitchen. And she said, okay, if you must. And I said, I must. And uh, one look at the bedroom, and I think, that's all I wanted to see. I just thank God there was a place where there was some, some order. And uh, she didn't want, no, that's what many of you are. Dear Lord, come on in my living room. Of course, I've got a den that I want you to see. Don't you remember over there in the book of Ezekiel, the uh, God uh, took the prophet to a hole in the wall? Down in the in the house of God, and he said, uh, "Drill a hole in the wall and look through." And 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 the the, the leaders of Israel, the Sanhedrin, the priests had all kinds of filthy things down in the all the, 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 the chamber of their imagery. And now the the temple was beautiful, but down in the bottom there was a wicked chamber, all kinds of dirty creeping things in the chamber. Let me ask you a question: What's in the chamber tonight? That place where nobody goes but you. That place your wife never sees. That place your husband never enters. That place the pastor never goes, never, never, never sees. That place where your folks at work, I mean down in here, the inner chamber where you live and nobody else ever goes. That place where you go at night when you lie down to rest. What's there? The secret there. The inner chamber. The hiding place. The secret place. What's there? Listen, you're only as good a Christian as your chamber is. Your den. What do you see? Drill a hole tonight look at the chamber of your imagery. What do you see there? Pride? Get it out. What do you see? Jealousy? Get it out. What do you see? Hatred? Get it out. What do you see? Envy? Get it out. What do you see? Greed? Get it out. What do you see? Anger? Get it out. What do you see? Gossip? Get it out. What do you see? Evil thoughts? Get it out. What do you see? Dirty attitudes? Get it out! Listen. You will never know what it is to walk with God until you say, Dear God, come into every room of my life. My living room, my den, my bedroom, my kitchen, that inner chamber, that secret spot. I'll have no secrets. David, the 19th Psalm. David said, Cleanse thou me from secret faults." Now he goes on down to say in the same psalm, Let the words of my mouth, but more than that, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O God, my strength and my Redeemer. Now when he said, Cleanse thou me from secret faults," David was saying, Lord, cleanse thou me from false, I don't even know I have myself. Reveal to me, shine the searchlight of God's word on my soul. Reveal to me. False that I have not even learned about myself. You want to walk with God? Now, listen to me. If you want to walk with God, you'll have to let God in on every phase of your life. Young people, if you want to walk with God, you can have no secret places, no secret chambers, no room where God is not welcome, nothing in your life where you could not welcome God. Men, of, men and women, if you want to walk with God, you'll have to say, Dear God, Come in. They go, Walk with God. The entire circle with God. That's what it really means. Walk with God. The entire circle with God. There's a third thing. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to live with Him. Live with God. John 15:4 says, Abide in me. Abide in me. John 15:7. If ye abide in me. What does it mean? The word abide means live. By the way, listen, I'll teach you some Greek. The word abide there is the word mone. We'd spell it M-O-N-A or M-O-N, short E. Mone. In John 14, 2, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. And that's the word meno in the Greek. Now, you Greek teachers know this is true. The word mone and the word nino. Now, I don't mean mone like you didn't put in the plate tonight. But the word mone, Russell Anderson says, he, he doesn't know many long words. He knows two syllable words like mone, apartments, divens, and uh, such things as that. But uh, uh, mone and mino. Now, abide in me. That's the word mone. In my Father's house are many mansions. That's the word Mino, Come from the same root word. Now, I'll teach you something. It means manner. The word manner comes from the word meno mone, same root word. Though you ever, ever hear some, somebody say, where's the manse? What denomination calls a parsonage a manse? Presbyterian. you ever hear anybody say, where's the manse? That word manse comes from meno or mone or mansion. Mansion. The word abide and the word mansion are the same in the Greek. What our Lord is saying is this. Mansion in me. And he said the same thing. In my Father's house are many abodes or mansions. What's he saying? He's saying, I have a mansion for you. Someday I'll go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. But now listen, listen, listen. He says, until you come to my mansion... I'll let you live in one now. And what is that mansion? Walking with God. Abiding with Christ. That means if I can abide with Christ, that means that I have reached up to heaven and brought my mansion down to earth where I can live in my mansion temporarily while I'm waiting for the final mansion. I'm going to money someday with Christ a mansion in heaven until then. I can live in my mansion as I abide and live with Christ. Tis heaven to me, wherever I may be, if He is there. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. That's what heaven came down and glory filled my soul. What is it saying? It's saying that, that we're going to heaven. But while we're waiting to go to heaven... We can have heaven come to us, and we can live in our mansion now. Listen. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Brother Bob, uh, what are the names of those Mexican restaurants down in Dallas? El Chico? El Phoenix? Uh, Let's suppose suppose that uh, I wanted to go to Mexico to get some Mexican food. I don't eat Mexican food anymore. I don't have an ulcer. I have a church. And they sort of affect you the same way. Uh, you can't, and it's not, I don't eat Mexican food. Enchiladas and tortillas and all that kind of stuff. Bill, you've been eating a lot of it, I can tell. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, uh, but let's suppose that I was in Dallas and I wanted to go get some Mexican food. So I'd go to El Chico. Now you go to El Chico, you walk in, and a, and a fellow meets you there with a Mexican sombrero he wears. And you walk in, and, and a couple of fellows are playing guitars, or as Bob says, guitars. Uh, guitar is a Greek word that means guitar. And uh, and guitar, and they're playing uh, uh, south of the barter, down Mexico way. You couldn't do it that well, Doc, because you sang loud. But you can do that. And uh, so, uh, but anyway, um, uh, they're singing Mexican songs, and little lady comes up, and she has on a Mexican uh, outfit, and we have Mexican food, we have a Mexican menu, and what is it? Are we in Mexico? No, we're not in Mexico. But somebody has brought a little bit of Mexico up to Dallas, don't you see? Or over to Chicago. And that's what we can do if we abide in Christ. Now, listen to me. You're not going to walk with God till you live with God. I mean, get up in the morning and live with Christ. And all day, live with Christ. And go to bed at night and live with Christ. There's no substitute for it in all the world. You can have heaven now, but you're going to have to live with Christ. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. We have got far too much of the world in our lives. I don't mean drunkenness, I don't mean adultery, I don't mean just uh, lewdness, I don't mean just uh, uh, hot pants, I don't mean just dirty songs, I mean materialism! We've got too much desire just to have the next dollar, or a nicer car, or a better house, or we're more concerned about getting a promotion. Most of us are too cosmos-minded, world-minded, and not enough Monet-minded, or Mino-minded, heavenly-minded, mansion-minded. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to live in Him. If I wanted one thing for my people, you know what I want you to have? Honestly, I, I was thinking about the kids over a while ago. There's one thing I want you to have. I want you to know God. You know, in the dark hour, Bob, when you're facing the Grim Reaper. And when there's nobody there but you. It's an awful nice thing to say, look up and say, now, God, I need your help. I need your help. It's an awful nice thing to know God. Abide with him. You know, I've learned in, in these years. When I first came to, to Hammond, I learned to know God. I really did. I I thought about those days. Uh, uh, <laughs> Saturday morning I got up and walked out and somebody was thrown a brick brat. My, at my windshield. But we're broken into all to pieces. It reminded me of the days when they put a sign, a different real estate, real estate company every Sunday, put, a, uh, put every day, put a sign out in front of our house and said, for sale. They were giving us a hint. And uh, back in those days, they got a petition up and said, sign the petition, a vote, a uh, signature here, sign here if you want a house to go back to Texas. I got the petition. I signed it. I wanted a house to go back to Texas back in those days. And... Uh, but I, I recall I'd get a phone call in the middle of the night saying, If you walk in the pulpit, we'll kill you. And uh, and uh, I'd get a phone call in the middle of the night, and, and a female voice said, say, This is Bubbles. I'm waiting for you. Good night, i have forgotten all about the appointment we had. But uh, she said, uh, This is Bubbles. I'm waiting for you. And uh, I said, Oh, I'm sorry, Bubbles. But anyway, uh, Oh, Bubby, sorry, Bub. But, uh... uh and uh, they set the house. So I set the house on fire. Our garbage, our uh, garbage. Our garage is hooked up to our house, and the and the garbage cans inside the garage. And they set the garbage cans on fire, and uh, so forth. And uh, but I, and I didn't know anybody, and I couldn't understand you. You folks couldn't talk plain, and you still have a problem with that. Art Snyder will never learn, and uh, you couldn't talk plainly. And, and I'd say, okay, buddy, let's go by and get somebody and carry him to Sunday school next week. And you'd say, carry him. Carry them to Sunday school. Carry them. You, you don't know English? And uh, you'd say, you'd say we have, have, meet out in the loji after the service. I'd say, logie, Logi. And you recall when I sang that solo by myself up here, amen, or over there and by myself sang a solo. You sang the amens at the end of the songs, and I sang one by myself and made a fool of myself. No, I didn't make a fool of myself. I revealed I was a fool. And, uh, and uh, I was, but you know what? I learned to walk with God. I didn't know much of anybody, and uh, you'd have your weddings, and so and I didn't know anybody much. And uh, I was homesick, and I was lonesome. Folks, did you know that 16 months, for 16 months, I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and I'd, 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 hear, I'd, I'd be dreaming of one of you folks suffering or in the hospital or having trouble, and I'd wake up crying, I want to get to you, I want to get to you, they need me, they got trouble, they need me. And I'd say, I've got to go. And I'd be up in the middle of the bed trying to go back to help you. And I'd wake up and find out that I really wasn't there at all. And uh, and uh, But but I learned to walk with God in those days. Oh, how sweet to walk with God. Why? How? Abide with Him. Live with Him. Know Him. You want to walk with God? The next thing, always do what He says. Always do what He says. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Always do what He says. Be willing to go where He says go. Be willing to be what He says be. Be willing to say what He says say. Be willing to do what He says do. Just at His command. If He says go to China, go to China. If He says stay here, stay here. Just go where He wants you to go. Always be willing to agree with Him when He says do something. To walk with God means to agree with God. That means every word in the Bible you agree with. That means everything He says do, you do it. That means anytime time He says I want you to go. Some folks say, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, as long as it's not out of the state of Indiana. I'll be what you want me to be. No. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, as long as it's not overseas and missionary. Uh, no, that won't do it. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, as long as it's not out of Texas, Bob. That won't do it. I'll go where you want me to go as long as it's in the south. That won't do it. I'll go where you want me to go as long as it's in my, in, in, close to home. That won't do it. I'll go where you want me to go as long as it's Florida. That'll do it. That'll do it. Oh, that won't do it. I'll go where you want me to go as long as it's California. That won't do it. I'll go where you want me to go as long as there's not any snow. That won't quite do it. I'll go where you want me to go as long as it doesn't get below zero. That won't do it. That won't do it. I'll go where you want me to go. It doesn't matter where. I think this is true. I hope it is. If the Lord said to me tonight, I want you to go to China, I think I'd go to China. If the Lord said, I want you to go to Africa, I believe I'd go to Africa. Um, why? Because I want to walk with God. I want to do what He wants me to do and be what He wants me to be. You want to walk with God? Uh, include God in everything. Live with Him. Always do what He says. Number five, and I like this. If you want to walk with God, you've got to go soul winning. You've got to go soul winning. The Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever I command you, and what? Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you do what? If you, if you go and teach all nations. And so if you go... Look, Mrs. Keyes, when I was a kid, somebody would come to my house, and Mother knows this is true. Every afternoon, we'd go to the key, there's a Mrs. Keyes lived... Here, and there was, was a red brick house. Red brick house next to you. And uh, then a vacant lot right next to, to, to that red brick house. And then Drexel Tolan. Is that his name? Drexel Tolan. And the plumbing place is right next door there. And so what we do every afternoon, baseball season, I run home and take off my clothes and and change clothes and put on a baseball and and run up to that vacant lot where Bob Keys was. And we play baseball. And... Uh, Bob Keys played third base. He never, he, look, here's the way he caught the ball. You know, most, most, <laughs> most fellas catch the ball, you know, looking at it and Bob would always go, <laughs> Like that. Always would. Like that. And uh, <laughs> we'd play ball. We'd play ball. Baseball. Now, when it got to be, uh, when it got to be football season, we'd play football. But I'd always go to that same thing lot and play football. And we'd get a little thirsty, go over, Miss Keyes, have us some lemonade or, uh, or some uh, beer, some refreshment, some kind we always had. And uh, we'd go over and play football. And uh, not only was Bob a bad ground ball catcher like that, but he always tackled above the waist. Always did. Uh, Come here, Doc. Of course, he got tackled you above the waist, but uh, Bob, and, and, you know, most folks that tackle, they go like this, you know. Get down here. Bob but, Like that. Always would. Never learned how to tackle. In fact, we had a Sunday school teacher one time named Troy Jackson. Troy Jackson was a little bitty fella, and he was a tremendous guy. And uh, so Troy uh, decided to have a football league for us kids. We had a football game, practiced the first time, and Troy decided to carry the ball. Troy what, 130 pounds, 135 or so, and he carried the ball. And so he came around. I can see it like it right now. What's that fellow's name? R. R. L. Armstrong lived up on Britain Street, and so we R. L. and I hit Mr. Jackson Low, and Bob got the usual uh, headlock on him, and so he went down, and he never felt led to get up. He broke. We broke his leg. He's our Sunday school teacher. We absolutely broke his leg. Leg or arm? Arm. Shoulder. Shoulder. Okay. I'm sorry. That's in the Greek. But anyway, broke his shoulder. And the next morning, there he came to Sunday school in a cast. Why? Was it our low tackle? No, on his leg. His shoulder got broken. Guess why? Bob got him! Watch him! Threw him down like that. And then uh, when, his, when it was no baseball season or football, we'd play croquet. And uh, we'd, we'd shoot the ball to the wicket. And one, one day we were playing croquet. And I shot the ball right through the wicket. Didn't hit either side. Right through. And Bob said, "You missed." And I said, "No, Bob, I, I hit, But right through." Bob said, "No, no, Jack." He said, "It went to the side." I said, "Now, Bob, you're a liar, and you know it." And Bob did not feel led to be called a liar. He was not very impressed with my appraisal of his character. And uh, he said, "It missed." And I said, "It hit." And he said, yes! And I said, okay, let's see if this will hit. And I took the mallet. You seen a croquet mallet? I took the mallet and aimed it right at Bob Key's temple. He almost went, let, went to heaven before the heart attack came. I was never sure. He ducked. But uh, we, I was always up there. Every afternoon, every afternoon, we'd throw our paper out. We got older and take off at the vacant lot. Now, here's the story. If anybody came by my house after school and said to my mother, is Jack home? My mother would say, No, he isn't home. But I think I'll know where you find him. He'll be up at the Keys house in the vacant lot, playing ball with the gang. Because that's where I always was. And if you wanted to fellowship with Jack, you go up there. That's where he usually is. And ask you a question Have you lost fellowship with Christ? Do you know where you'll find him? To find him out soul winning. That's where he always is. That's where he always is. Have you lost your fellowship with God? Go soul winning. That's where you'll find him. I am with you always. Look, if I go soul winning, I know he's with me. He says he's there. Uh, people all over the country say to me, Dr. Hiles, could I go soul winning with you? Every place I go. I've written some books on soul winning. Every place I go, people say, Dr. Hiles... Well, could could you take me soul winning on Tuesday afternoon, or would you go, t- go teach me how to win a soul and go soul winning? I uh, I say usually I'm sorry, I have appointments. I can't I can't do it. I tell you what, Jesus will go with you. Jesus will go with you. He said, Lo, I am with you always. You want to walk with God? Abide in Him. Want to walk with God? Go soul winning. You want to walk with God? Then let Him parapetale in everything. But there's something else. That is, you've got to walk. In Romans 8 4, walk after the Spirit. Romans 13 13, walk in honesty. Romans Ephesians two ten, walk in good works. Ephesians five two, walk in love. Colossians four five, walk in truth. First Corinthians three three, walk not after the manner of men. Uh, Second Corinthians four two, walk not after in craftiness. Second Corinthians five seven, walk not by sight. Ephesians four seventeen, walk not in vanity of mind. Second Thessalonians three six, walk not disorderly. That means if you want to walk with God, you've got to walk according to these scriptures. By the way, let me pause and say, one, and say a word about one of them. Not after the manner of men. Did you know when you walk with God, you're not going to be very usual? Something very odd about you. Did you know the more you walk with God, the more peculiar you're going to be? Um, Bob, I recall when, when Bob Lovell started going with a girl. <laughs> he was in our gang. And when Bob started going with the girls, Bob was always a good guy. Remember? he shoot the back. Hey, hey, lad, yay. Remember that? All right, that's good. How's bouye. Well, oh, I don't know, but uh, that's our little language. Say, yay. Uh, lad and boo, yay after. Lad, yay, bouye, You know, just, just typical. You no, know, let your yays be yays and your nays be boo, yays, and And uh, so, uh, but Bob Lovell started going with the girl. And Bob, he didn't have any desire at all. He was going with that girl, uh I forgot her name. What was her name? Well, Bob of stuff like that. Uh, but anyway, and, and, and we'd go down and play in the vacant lot, and Bob wouldn't be there. And I couldn't figure out what in the world has gotten into Bob. He'd rather be with a girl than playing ball. That's a foolhardy way to be. And you know, we'd have, have play croquet, and Bob wouldn't be there. We'd have basketball down at uh, Jeffrey Horny's house, and, and Bob wouldn't show up. And he lived right next door. You know why? There was some little old stupid girl. I wish I could have or something. I don't think of her name. She, and you know what? He'd rather be with her than with us. I've been watching lately, some of you young people. You, you'd rather be George Vandermulian. <laughs> the mighty has fallen. She met him on a blind date. She's bound to have been blind when she met him. <laughs> but, but, you know, strange thing. He, and, and Bob was peculiar to us all of a sudden. Why? He just wanted to be with, with one person all the time. All the time. And, and we'd choose up sides and Bob wouldn't be there. We'd play ball and Bob wouldn't be there. Play football and Bob wouldn't be there. Play basketball and Bob wouldn't be there. Why? I'll tell you why. Because Bob was interested in somebody. And we thought He was so peculiar. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you get the place to where you really walk with God, folks are going to say, He's so peculiar. Oh, He'll be your sufficiency. And oh, there'll be times when you'll just want to get away from the world and get away from everybody and get alone and say, oh, dear God, I just want to be with you. Just with you. Nobody quite understands that. You know, sometimes somebody really wants to spend time with God. They seem so anti social. You know why? Because He is their sufficiency. That's all they need. And they want to walk with Him. They're not like others. They don't walk after the manner of men. Nobody quite figures them out. Jesus is their fun. Jesus is their recreation. Jesus is their relaxation. Jesus is there. spare time. I can recall when Mel Brown, that, that young man over here on north side, Mamie Brown's son, I can recall when Mamie used to pray for Mel. And I can recall we'd go over to the house to eat, and Mel would, would, wouldn't even come in the table at the table and eat with us. And he, he'd, stat, he'd get in the kitchen and look around and see what kind of a nut that fellow was in there in, in the dining room table. And Mel was almost an atheist, an agnostic, and, and he didn't, oh, he hated me. He told me, he said, if I hated anybody in this world, I hated you. And uh, But his mother prayed, and she kept going soul winning. I can recall when Mrs. Bolin, Mamie's mother, said that when Mamie would go soul winning, or Mamie's her tonight, I'm sure, would go soul winning. Young people, I can recall that Miss Bolin would have to, Mamie would go in the morning, and all day she'd go soul winning, she'd get back in and, Mrs. Bowling would have to dress her for bed because she was so tired. Just fall across the bed, just worn out. And oh, she'd pray for Mel. Oh, she'd pray for God to save him. And one night, <laughs> it's funny, one night, New Year's Eve night, Mel was going to go out nightclubbing with one of his buddies, a Catholic buddy. And Mamie had gotten a bunch of my sermon tapes and brought them home. And Mel was upstairs getting ready, and this buddy came by, and Mamie had one of my tapes playing. And, uh, well, I was hollering and screaming, you know, and, hey! 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 You know, and hollering and, and this fellow, and Mel wasn't ready, and, and this fellow asked Mamie, said, Mamie, Miss Brown, what, uh, what is that, who's that fellow? He was a Catholic, not not me, but that fellow. And he, she said, that's my pastor. He said, your pastor. He ain't like my pastor. Blessed be God. But he ain't like my Pastor. One reason not like his pastor, I wear britches instead of skirt. Amen. And but anyway, uh, uh, you don't like the word britches? James Stewart said one day, use the word britches, Dr. James Stewart. The lady walked up and he she, he said she said, Do you know Doctor Stewart use the word britches instead of pants or trousers in your sermon? Oh he said, I oh my britches. He said, Oh, when was it? Well she said in a sermon. He said, What did I say right before that? So i know when well, she said, I've forgotten. Well, he said, what did I say right after that? Well, she said, I don't remember. He said, it's a good thing I said riches tonight. You wouldn't have gotten a thing out of my sermon, would you? And uh, so uh, anyway, um, so what happened? Uh, Mel, uh, this fellow, this fellow, Mel was a little late, and this fellow kept hearing me preach. Are they Are going to go out to nightclub? And uh, so when I got to preaching that one sermon, this fellow said, you got any more? Well, she said, as a matter of fact, I do. She played another one. Mel came down and said, I'm ready to go. And this fellow said, I want to hear this. I want to hear this preacher a little while longer. And he heard me holler another sermon. And they never went at night clubbing. They stayed and they heard me preach. And soon Mel got under conviction. And he got converted. And Mel walked up to that old platform over there in the old building. And he stood up and he said, folks, I'll tell you why I got saved. He said, I used to hate Brother Hiles. I used to hate him like I hated no man in the world. But he said... At my house, it was Jesus for breakfast. It was Jesus for lunch. It was Jesus for supper. It was Jesus at bedtime. It was Jesus all the time. He said, my mother lived Jesus before me. It was Jesus in the morning and Jesus in the afternoon and Jesus at night and Jesus always. My mother lived Jesus. She walked with Jesus. She loved Jesus. Always it was Jesus. And he said, I had to get saved to leave home. He got saved. Now he's pastor of a church running 7,800 in Sunday school over here in Rock Island, Illinois. You know why? Somebody walk with God around him. Somebody walk with God around him. Walk with God. Why? Not after the manner of men. Not like others. First Corinthians 3 3. There's some other way to walk with God. Meditate on the Bible all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no secret to this matter of walking with God. It's just spending all the time with God and living with Him. But one thing, meditate. Oh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted with the river of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This is trite, but true, but Doc, Nobody's going to walk with God unless they love this book. I was thinking, I was up in Minnesota, I'm sorry, Wisconsin, last week. And it was bedtime, and it was late, and I was tired. And I opened the Bible, as I always do. This book, when I'm on the road like that, it's the last thing I look at at night. And when the alarm goes off in the morning, or they call me from the office and wake me up, I reach over and take the book. And I begin to sing, way in the night, sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see wonderful words of life. Oh, how blessed is this book. Ladies and gentlemen, learn to love this book. I don't mean read it because you got to read it. I mean read it because you want to read it. Oh, learn to make its truths your food and your and your strength and your bread and your water. And make it hide its words in your heart that you won't sin against God. And uh, and let it be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Uh I marvel. I marvel at this book. How precious are its precepts. Oh, I read the entire Psalms one day last week. Every psalm. I read one. And I got over there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And over there David said, Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. And um, and I got over and it said... uh, and of said, A thousand shall fall at thy right, uh, right hand, and ten thousand at thy side it shall not come nigh to thee. For he shall give his angels charge concerning thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And over there where it says, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, hence even forevermore. And I read every psalm. By the time I got through with the psalms, I was clapping my hands and praising the Lord. Why, young people? The Word of God. The Word of God. The blessed Word of God. Read it! Love it! Memorize it! Meditate on it Read it Love it Memorize it Meditate on it Make it the first thing you read in the morning And the last thing you read at night If you walk with God You're going to have to love his book There was a little lady down in Texas Lived out near Mesquite, Texas And one day a young man came by by our house Knocked on the door And uh, he said, I'm selling books And uh, she said, what's the name of the book? He gave the name of it. She said, I've already read it. He said, did you like it? She said, no. It's the worst book I ever read. I hated it. He said, well, I wrote it. Oh, she said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but I did hate the book. And uh, so, at, but she liked the fellow. He was sort of a nice guy. So after the, the fellow left, she went back and dug that book out. And she read the book the second time. And she said, still not very good, but it's not as bad as I thought. The fellow came by a little later and visited her again. And after he left, she read the book the third time. And she said, not a bad book. One day he asked her for a date. And she had a date with him. And oh, she liked him a lot. And she got back in. She read the book over again. She said, that's a good book. On the honeymoon, she read it another time. And she said, that's the best book I ever read in my life. Huh? You know how much you love the book? According to how much you love the author. If you walk with him, you love his book. If you walk with him, you say, here's a Christian, get saved. He says, I can't understand the Bible. So he learns to walk with God, and he abides with Christ, and he reads it again. And he says, not bad, not bad. And then after years, he walks with God and reads it again and says, that's a wonderful book. And finally, one blessed day, when he's walked with God all these years, he says, that's the most wonderful book I ever read. Listen to me. It is the most wonderful book I ever read. You know why? Because I know the one who wrote it. And I try to walk with him and live with him. Oh, I know I'm peculiar. <laughs> I'm peculiar. I was up at Maranatha College last week, fellas. And uh, <laughs> some of the students got around me after a service. And one of them said, uh, hey, is it true that that you don't drink coffee? And I said, don't drink coffee or whiskey. And uh, they looked at each other and. And they said, is it true that uh, you don't drink Coca-Cola's? I said, Coca-Cola's or wine. I think it's a sin to drink Coca-Cola. Yeah. Did you know you can get six more ounces in a (laughs) Pepsi-Cola? Anybody's in sin that doesn't get the best bargain he can said, don't you drink car- carbonated water? No, I don't drink carbonated water. Somebody said, uh, somebody said, you don't eat pizza. I said, unless it's turnip green pizza, I don't. Or sprinkle with carrot juice. One fellow said, is it true you work seven days a week? I said, yeah, I work eight if there was eight days in a week. One fellow leaned over the other and said, He's peculiar. He's peculiar. Yeah, I know. I know I'm peculiar. I know folks would like to bash my window in. God, I thought this. I thought this Saturday morning. I don't hate anybody in the whole world, and I mean this is true. If the bitterest enemy I had in this world was in trouble, God knows I'd help him. Now, God knows that's true. I'm not a good Christian, but I but I'd help my bitterest enemy, and that's the truth. If you don't believe it, for the fist, tell me you need some help, and just see if I won't help you. But I. I would.
1: And I don't hate anybody. I love everybody.
0: And I I thought, why would anybody hate me? Somebody said the other day, he said, I wish I were like you and didn't care what folks think. I do care. I do care. There's something I care 10,000 times more. And that's to walk with him. Yeah, yeah, I'm peculiar. I'm a nut. I told you three folks spit on me, spit on me the other day out in Montgomery Ward Shopping Center. I mean spit. I'm a nut. I was walking down St. Margaret's Hospital several months ago and three nuns met me and one of them said to the other two, that's him. That's him. I'm a screwball. Fellows rode up beside me going home today. I was going home to, after the service. And fellas rode beside me. One of them said to the other, And they gave me the dirty vulgar sign. One of their fingers. Right there beside me. And one of them said a four letter word to me. And then used my, my name pronoun for me after it's, over, after it's over. You say, I wish I didn't care. I do care. Nobody ever gets mad at me when I don't cry about it. Nobody ever leaves our church when I want it. Nobody ever curses me when I'm happy about it. I never get a dirty, nasty letter, but it doesn't hurt. i tell you what. If I can walk with Him, that'll be enough. Oh, He is our Sufficiency. I recall when Bob first started going to the girls, Bob Keyes, the little old girl he started going with, he forgot about everything else. And in the hallway, he acted a fool. And we thought, what's happened to Bob? He didn't much care. He didn't much care. You know why? Because he had found somebody that meant more to him than a whole shooting match of us did. That's what Jesus ought to be to us. Oh, to walk with him. Dr. Billings, our college needs a man who walks with God sitting behind the president's desk. Brother Fisk, our people need an assistant pastor who walks with God. Brother Colston, when you go to the hospital and you do such a good job of it, when you go to the hospital or when you go to the rest home or go to the room where the person is convalescing and they sit there and you're a sunray ray. In a dark, weird, dreary world, they need somebody sitting beside them who walks with God. For the vineyard, those little boys and girls that give you sugar, they need somebody who walks with God. For the boardway, the people need a choir director who walks with God. For the Perky, those mission men down there, they need a man directing them who walks with God. For the Hild, these people need a man who walks with God. Oh, to walk with Him, to know Him, to love Him, to be with Him. Okay, so I'm a nut, but I get to spend some time with Him. So I'm a fool, but I get to spend time with Him. Across this country, He's always there. He's always there. The other day, the other day I was in my room. I asked the Lord to, it was raining I asked the Lord something to eat. Somebody knocked on my door. Went to the door. The fellow said, Dr. Klaus, you want me to cry years ago. Said, uh, I understand that you like certain kind of food. He said, I've been out the health food store and got you some food. <laughs> I sat there and ate the food. When I got through I told the Lord, I said, I sure would like to have something sweet. But within, within two or three minutes, somebody knocked on the door. Other fellow said, I brought you a piece of candy from the health food store. The Lord gave me dessert. I was up in Winnipeg, Canada, preaching several years ago, and uh, stay, I stayed in the home of a, two school teachers. Nothing wrong with school teachers. I just don't like to stay in their home. But uh, uh, two school teachers, and I'm, I'm kidding about that. But they were and lovely home. And so they were so nice to me until I preached. And after I got through preaching, oh, they didn't like me. Oh, they hated me. And so time came to go to bed. You like it when folks don't like me, don't you? You like that, don't you? (laughs) And uh, time came to go to bed. And so they said, your room is in here. I went in the room, and there was no bed. You like that too, don't you? As far as I'm concerned, you can go back to Lynchburg, on to Marietta, wherever you're going to go. Where all our rejects go. (laughs) Mike Palmer, nice to have you with us tonight. (laughs) But, so, the the children went in their room, and there's a nice bed there. And the husband and wife, they they went in their bedroom, beautiful bedroom suit. And I walked in my room. Honestly, Scouts Honor, there was not one stick of furniture in my room, all there was... Have you ever seen an exercise mat, a little half mattress kind of a thing? is a little bitty thing about on the floor. And it had a couple of sheets and a blanket and a pillow. It wasn't even what he made. just stacked up. And they said, that's your room. I was a guest. Dr. Jack Hyde. I've seen the Mamertine prison. It was nicer than that. So I went in, next morning, I, I slept on the floor all night. Next morning, <coughs> boy, they had bacon cooking, the smell of bacon. It's a bit sinful, but I like that, that, that much sin I can take. <coughs> and, uh, and eggs, you could, you could smell the scrambled eggs and the toast. And, and they said, uh, children, breakfast. Well, I said, honey, breakfast. And I thought, next is going to be Dr. Hiles, breakfast, But nobody called. Well, the night before, I told the little boys up in Winnipeg, Canada. I said, hey, fella. I said, Bobby Hull's the best hockey player in all the world. He said, Bobby Hull's not. He said, Gene be- 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 Beliveau, I think it is. It. I said, Gene Belleville? Who's he? What do you mean, who's he? He's the best hockey player in all the world. I said, he can't even carry Bobby Hull's stick little kid about that tall, five years old, I guess. And, oh, he liked me. Oh, we talked about hockey and baseball and football. And, and and so the next morning, they all had breakfast. And I was in the room. And I smelled. Even the coffee smelled good. <laughs> and I, and, and they, they ate. And uh, so, suddenly I heard a... on my door. And I went to the door. And he didn't open the door all the way because he didn't want his parents to know it. But that little boy loved me. And he stuck a, a hand, came through the door. And in the hand was a little two-cent baby Ruth. And I took it. And he ran away right quick so Mom and Daddy didn't see him. And I got on my knees and I said, I'd that little boy love me than anybody. And I had a prayer meeting. And I walked with God. He walks with me, and He talks with me, and He tells me, I am His own. And the joys we share as we tarry there, another has ever known. Whatever you give up for Jesus, dear friends, to walk with Him is worth it. Enoch walked with God. And then the end of the walk came one day, and the Lord said, Enoch, We've been walking a long ways, haven't we? Won't you come on home? Come on home. And Bob, it may be that you'll go before me. It may be that I'll go before you. But the walk's going to end down here one of these days. And the end of the walk will be that day when the curtain is pulled back and we shall see face to face the one who loved us and gave himself for us. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see him. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So I'll gladly run the race. Oh, we see Christ. I want to walk with God. I want you to walk with God. Let us pray. Our heavenly Father, teach our people to walk with God. May every little boy and girl that sits in the classroom at Hammond Baptist School tomorrow have a teacher that's walk with God. May every little child that sits in a classroom at Baptist City Grade School have a teacher who walks with God. May every child that's called to the principal's office find a man there behind the desk who walks with God. May every student at Howells Anderson College have a professor who walks with God. May every child who sits in a Sunday school class in our Sunday school on Sunday morning have a teacher who walks with God. May those that sit in the rescue mission chairs have a man directing them who walks with God. May those dear people in hospitals tonight who have a visit have a man to visit them who walks with God. May our deaf people have a leader who walks with God. May our choir have a director who walks with God. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.